the truth. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Yeah, man, it really tied the room together. Don't judge me, Rocky. You're a wizard, Harry. Why so serious? Here's Johnny. I want to play a game. Welcome to Lords of Film. I am Kyle Davis, and joining me is Justin Shanlin. What's up, Kyle? How are you? I, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I woke up not too long ago, but I the first thing I felt like doing was calling you up and saying, hey, let's talk about some movies, specifically the ones that are coming out this summer. Summer 2023 movie list, like our top rated um films or films we want to see in 2023 we're not going to go through like a huge extensive list but i'd say like our top two or three films that we're looking forward to maybe top five yeah um so but um before we get into some other stuff we gotta cover first yeah there is definitely some other stuff like definitely so as of like uh like maybe 30 minutes ago, Boris Kitt came out with uh, in, uh, some inside information. I wouldn't say this is inside information. Obviously, they're doing some uh, some uh, casting for uh, James Gunn's Superman legacy, and some names have popped up. Like, obviously, like these are um, – names that have been kind of floated around before for you know characters in superman there's some fan casting involved because there's there's a few people that are in like that you know people have been discussing for a minute about who should be the next superman who should be lex luthor who should be um lois lane etc etc and whenever whenever there's a cast list from you know one of these trades i always i always like to say you know take these names with a grain of salt because if you remember you know you know during you know the casting of batman for batman v superman like everyone had like a list of people that have been you know doing this or doing that and then like out of the blue ben affleck was cast as batman i don't even think he was on anyone's list to be batman so but it's interesting to kind of like look at some of the people that are on this so this is from boar's kit i'll read a couple little lines here and there the quest for james gunn superman is up up and away casting for superman's superman legacy the feature that is meant to kick off gunn and peter saffron's much vaunted first chapter dc studios is hitting a crucial phase with a short list of names bubbling up for roles of clark Kent, lois lane and even lex luthor so uh david corin sweat uh is one of the names and i know that he's been on a short list for um superman ever since it was kind of announced like hey you know henry cavill's not coming back to play um to play superman um he definitely has a you know clark kent-esque look to it yeah um but they're gonna need a star i don't know if you've seen a picture of what this guy looks like i've never seen him act i couldn't tell you if he's a good actor bad actor um um 29 years old i was just looking through some Um, of his work and unfortunately i've not actually seen any of uh, his projects but there's some big names in here apparently he was in a role in house of cards at least one episode and uh 
the Pearl, the, the, the recent horror franchise. I heard it's pretty good, but I've not seen it yet. So other other names that are on uh, Boris Kitt's uh, list is Jacob Elordi uh, and British actors Tom Brittany and Andrew Richardson. I don't know. I don't know any of these people, um, which is good. Like, I think like my thing, my thing has always been. When it comes to Superman, it definitely um, would. I think you should cast an unknown. Um, I'm looking at what uh, Tom Brittany looks like. Doesn't have a Superman look to him, um, so like he's not on my list. And then uh, let me look at Andrew Richardson. And like I don't know about you, Kyle, but like, are you when you when when um, they're casting these roles. Should they should they go after people that look like you know the the characters in which they're portraying, uh, or what? Are you just looking for like the best actor, a mix. I think it depends on the character. Like, hmm. I, I think for someone like Superman, yeah, you probably will want somebody that looks like the iconic Clark Kent. But if you're going for maybe like. Uh, not necessarily look super, but like one of the side characters. I think it's not as important to be like super accurate to comics or past movies. So you could maybe just go for the best actor for those roles when it comes to like the mm-hmm. the side characters. Like my thing, my thing is like for for Superman. What's important to me is that they is that they they cast. I want someone unknown. Yeah. Like I, I think I think that's the 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 route that they should go. Cast an unknown, and then you populate the 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 characters and the actors as known people. Like what Richard Donner did with Superman, the movie. What Christopher Nolan did with Batman Begins. I wouldn't say that Christian Bale was a completely unknown. Like obviously he had like he he had been a working working actor for you know for. X amount of years after yeah. that, I'm, I'm sorry, before that, but they populated the world. You know, if you look at, if you look at Superman, the movie, you had Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, Margot Kidder. And then, you know, you bring in Christopher Reeve, who was a, a completely unknown for Batman Begins. You have, you had Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Liam Neeson, and um, Katie Holmes, Rutger Hauer, just like all these iconic actors of, you know, the stage and screen surrounding Christian Bale to populate out the, you know, to me, that's what's important. I want to see, I want them to go that route. I don't need them to go and cast, you know, a big name person. I want this person to inhabit this role because this role is iconic. And I think that's super important going forward with you know this character you know of kal-el so that's to me that's what's important that's what they should be doing and that's what that's what i hope that they do so the those are the those are the names that are in this and like like i said i would like to i'd like to throw this with the grain of salt because like i said this could be coming from you know, someone's management team, like a publicist or, you know, an agent trying to, you know, put their, um, their, put their, client their person on the, on the forefront on the list. So, so I, I'd be very interested to see if James Gunn, uh, debunk some of these, 
But uh, so those are the names so far. I, th- I may have missed one or two that are on the list. But I would say, like, of the list that I've seen so far, like, David Sweat would be my number one, or Andrew Richardson. Jacob Lordy, uh, Tom Brittany, eh. But I think, I think that those, um, they kind of they have, like, the look of Superman. Now, it's all up to the acting chops yeah. uh, going forward for them. You know, obviously, they have to have chemistry with, you know, people, you know that they're working with they gotta like james has to find the role because this uh, there is so much weight on the shoulders for superman legacy because it's the first chapter of the dc the this new dc universe that's being so they have to get the casting right they got to get the script right you know they have to do a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff um so emma mackey and rachel brosh i sorry if i <laughs> uh if i was like emma like what's interesting about emma mackey is emma mackey looks like very similar uh to margot kidder um oh yeah i can kind of see it so very much looks like margot kidder kind of kind of has like a brunette margot robbie look to her and i'm not trying to you know be disparaging or degrading of her i'm just saying very similar look um and like the interesting, the interesting, the other interesting thing that's uh, that's uh, that's kind of being discussed and talked about is the role of Lex Luthor. So Lex Luthor is gonna be in Superman Legacy, obviously. Um, I hope that he's not the big baddie yeah. in this first film. I hope, like, we've talked about that, this. That was my he, first gut reaction was, I hope he's not, like, the main villain. I know he's the most iconic Superman villain this character, but we've seen that so many times that I, I'd rather he is just a character who is in the movie, maybe has some sort of role as like uh, a, f- a figure that is like for the city, trying to help the city, and then by the end of the movie, he comes to dislike Superman, and we set him up for a role as the villain in like the second movie. Mm-hmm. But so, we'll so yes, apparently Lex Luthor is gonna be in the mix for you know Superman Legacy, and the name that's kind of being floated out there is Nicholas Holt. Now, Nicholas Holt was up for Batman and uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman, obviously lost it to Robert Pattinson. And I think this is like a, a really interesting, um, a really interesting name to kind of pop out uh, for Lex Luthor. Like, I yeah, didn't think like, of I, I don't Holt. dislike like, it. Like, I don't think I don't he, dislike it either. he would not have been my He's first not- pick, but I, I definitely could see him filling the role pretty well. And like, like my thing is like, like obviously, like Nicholas Holt, like to me, like I didn't really care. I, there, I've never really cared for anything that Nicholas Holt has done. Like to be fair, I didn't care for him in, uh, as Beast in, uh, you know, the X Men series. I didn't care for him in the Jack the Giant Killer. Um, I everyone says he's really good in the Tolkien film, and there's other things that he's really good in. But I just like to, like I just don't see it. But for for Luthor, like you want this this person that's always this person that's always you know trying to one up Superman, super intelligent. Like I would definitely say like 
like of all the people to kind of like be mentioned for Nick for Nicholas Holt for Lex Luthor, like Nicholas Holt would definitely hit the mark for looking intelligent. Yeah. Um, having that intelligent, but to me, like I, I still my top pick for Lex Luthor is Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah, like, he, that'd be that'd be good. I really, like that's who I if like if I was in charge of the studio. And like, um, do because you know James Gunn has said you know people from the Guardians films are going to show up in in uh Superman in Superman Legacy. So like, I saw a few people like, oh, Dave Bautista, because because that's what you know people on Twitter do. They just cast bald people as Lex Luthor. <laughs> so, um, like. I, Bradley Cooper to me would be interesting because Bradley Cooper is a phenomenal Academy Award winning. He won the Academy Award, right? Like, like, I'm not making that up, right? Like he won the Academy Award for American Sniper, right? Uh, I don't remember. Let me let's look. Let's get to the Google Wasn't machine. he nominated for his role as a, a Star is Born? I know he's at least been nominated. He has a BAFTA. Um, let me look here. Let's go to the Wikipedia. Let's see to here. To the internets. To the internets. Damn it, Jamie. He's got. He's received a BAFTA. He's uh, a Screen Actors Guild has been nominated for nine Academy Awards and Golden Globes and won Tony. Award, I thought he won. I thought he won for a uh, American Sniper, huh? Interesting. Um, but yes, like to me, like Bradley Cooper, he's the right age. He's forty eight years old. Like I would love to have Bradley Cooper. You just like that'd be like an interesting, you know, next film for him to do. Like, what's the next big thing for Bradley Cooper? And then like you put him up on the marquee next to you know, or in front of the person playing Superman. You know, like Bradley Cooper is that person. Like he commands a lot of respect for being an actor. It would be a dark role for him as well. Like we've seen what he can do, you know, in, you know, you know, in those darker, like he was a wonderful in A Star is Born, like American Hustle, Mm -hmm. like so many great like things he's done. Like to me, like it just makes sense. Like that's who I would be picking for um for Lex Luthor. I mean any thoughts on that? No, I like I like the idea of Bradley Cooper. And it'd, it'd be interesting to see how he, his work transitions from uh at least in the James Gunn's realm going from primarily a voice actor for Rocket to more of an on screen on screen actor. Yeah, like that's my thing. Is like who who's coming over from you know the gun? Who's coming over from Guardians of the Galaxy? Is there anyone else that's going to show up? Like our other directors from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Like when when I heard James Gunn was going to be you know shepherding you know the new DC universe? Like I was like, oh my goodness, the Russo brothers would make an amazing Superman movie. But then I heard that James was writing the Superman movie. like, oh okay, so James is going to be a writer director for that. So. Um, but yeah, like those are like, 
thoughts on this on the list? Like I said, like David Cornsweet as of right now would be you know my number one. Like of the of the actors that you've seen on this list, Kyle, it, uh, between Superman, Lois, and then you know Lex Luthor, like were, do, do any of them pop out to you? Do would you rather see someone else in the role? Um, or role? Yeah, I, I definitely could see David Cornsweet playing Superman, but. I don't really dislike any of the options, uh, and like the ones presented here, there's no one. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't want them. No, like if we literally just took this list and we're like, yep, you, you, and you, you are getting the roles. I'd be like, all right, sweet, cool, let's let's do this. Like I, I still, I still don't want to see Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor. I'd rather see Nicholas Holt as uh, Metallo. Yeah, that's the like big takeaway. <laughs> Having Lex Luthor in the movie at all is is making me a little nervous, but we'll we'll see how James Gunn handles it. You know, as as long as we're not having Chris Pratt play Lex Luthor, you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> I still think that would be okay. No, <laughs> you don't think I, I, so? I'm not going to let you have this one. Chris Pratt as Lex Luthor? No, we're, we're not doing this. I think Chris Pratt would make a great Metallo. No, it's better than Lex Luthor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean for sure. I'm just like I said, like Nicholas, like I said, of the list, like David Corrins would be number one for me. Emma Mackey would be number one for me for both. Like I said, it all has to do with chemistry. It all has to do with who is who is going to be. Who are these actors that James Gunn picks? And it doesn't matter who's picked because the internet's gonna be outraged no matter what oh yeah so uh yeah, just the so fact that like whoever becomes superman is taking over the job from henry cavill it's, it's going to cause a lot of distress amongst the community <laughs> yes and like i said like the only one the only one that's being discussed and talked about that i don't want to see in the movie again it's nicholas holt and like there's nothing against him like i just don't I, I like I said. There's other there's other people that I would much rather see as, because to me like Nicholas Holt kind of like has like a Jesse Eisenberg feel, you know, like we did that. We did the yeah. Mark Zuckerberg is Lex Luthor. Like I want to see a like I want to see like right. Am I am I wrong? Like uh, that is the reason they casted Jesse Eisenberg because he played Mark Zuckerberg in uh what's you're, that? You're Facebook? not wrong. Although I would say I, I do think I like the idea of Nicholas Holt better than Jesse Eisenberg, but that's just that's personally my like, personal opinion. Like, like for sure. But like, to me, to me, uh, you go get an older, more established actor, and it's Bradley Cooper. Like that's who I want. That's what that's, that's what that's I'm fair. looking for. Like you have like the, you know you have someone that Here, here's what we do. Is, we we get Bradley Cooper. To be Lex Luthor, and then we have Dave Batista be Metallo. I still think Dave Batista would be better as Bane, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, get James Gunn to do Batman, and then we can make it happen. Else in this. Let me see if there's anything else that we need to talk about in regards to this. I'm not seeing anything.
And well, I says, all right, so here's the here's the last one. Uh, so I'll, I'll just read this real quick. One role that seems to have only one person earmarked as a classic villain, Luthor, Nicholas Holt, currently starring in the vampire thriller Renfield. It's been tipped to play the bald-headed evil genius. Holt's name has been swirling around Legacy for several weeks now, with some theorizing he was up for Superman. The actor has previously a close call with DC Movie Realm when he was the runner-up to play Batman for Matt Reeves, with the role going to Robert Pattinson. The studio has loved him since Fury Road, said one source referring to the Warner's 2015 action classic from George Miller. And while the roles being chased by many of the town's up-and-comers include a trio of classic characters, sources say the movie will be populated by many faces as they will seek to introduce DC heroes that have already established in the movie setting. So does that mean that we're going to see the new Bruce Wayne in this film? Does that mean that we're going to see Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart or Wonder Woman? Like... Like, is that what they're saying, mm. Kyle? I hope not. I, I really don't want this to be, uh, I know it's the origin of the new DCU, but I'd still rather keep it like centered on Superman, focus on Superman. And if we just start introducing these other characters, it's going to feel like, oh, we're just trying to set up an Avengers down the line, or Justice like I should say. Well, I would definitely agree with you in that regards because we did kind of get that in BVS, and I don't want that. But, like, I wouldn't mind seeing Bruce Wayne pop up. You know, maybe Lex Luthor calls Bruce at, you know, Wayne Enterprises or, you know, like some – like, I'm looking for cameos. I'm not looking for these characters to drive. Here's a revolutionary idea. They can have him send an email. They've never done that before. I like I said, like that's that's the way that I think they should go. Like I don't I don't need necessarily need to see Wonder Woman in Superman Legacy, but having Bruce in it at some point, like I think that would be that's that's to me that's the easy. You know, I don't you don't need to see Wally or Barry or Hal or John like John Stewart would be interesting, but like having Bruce in it. You know, or maybe Damien in it, you know, just going like to me, like you kind of need to start populating these characters. Maybe Alfred and Bruce are walking, you know, outside of Wayne Manor or something and like Superman flies past or, you know, like, <laughs> like to me, like, just, to, just me, like nod, yeah. like to me, what it sounds like is like these characters already exist in, you know, James Gunn's newly envisioned DC universe, right? Like Superman already exists. He said he's not doing an origin film. He's not, like, we're not going to wind up on Krypton. Like, it's going to be, you know, Superman from, you know, Smallville to, you know, when he's in Metropolis. He's going to be, you know, the mild man reporter. Like, he's already established at the Daily Planet, um, which is which is interesting. So I'm guessing that the world has already been established. And like that's kind of always been my thing. Like I want to see like I don't like and we we haven't talked about this because you know no one's been cast for, you know, Brave and the Bold, but like to me like I'm still having issues with the way that they portray Batman. Like we've never gotten like the quintessential like Batman in his prime. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know Batman begins the dark night, you know, Batman, you know, you know, isn't in his prime, you know, like he, he's still figuring it out. The Batman year two, um, you know, the Burton versus Schumacher verse, like still not, you know, the, the, the population still getting to find out who 
this Batman. I'd say of all the movies that we've gotten so far, the only Batman in his prime that we've gotten was Batman Forever, right? Like and like in to a me, way, like yeah, you're kind of right there. Like okay, we've had Robin. He he's been around for not very long, but long enough hmm. that Batman's a household name. Everybody knows who Batman right. is. So so like like I, and like and it sounds like the Batman the Brave and the Bold. It's gonna be batman and the bat family tour to me like i would much rather them have gone the route of like doing like an animated series type of situation like where it's where it, batman is already a, the established hero he's already 30 years old 31 years old and he is known throughout you already have the rogues gallery kind of like there is no origin stories being told at the beginning of the series like you have like the origin of those characters throughout you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, you know, with Heart of Ice and then, you know, the two part, you know, two face story. But like those characters had already been established and then they go back and tell their origin story. Like to me, that's the more interesting. So to me, like that's where I want like to me, like with Brave and the Bold, they're kind of like already bypassing that. Like it sounds like Batman's going to already have like, you know, a young Damian Wayne. It should have been Dick Grayson. I don't know. To me, like just doing classic doing those classic and not being so married to like, kind of like the hip. Cause Damian Wayne is like, kind of like the most popular Robin right now. But like, to me, like, it's like, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just going on a tangent tangent. Just a little bit. <laughs> but I, I see what you mean. Cause like, as soon as they announced Damian, I'm like, Oh, okay. So we're already dealing with like an older Batman. Like, Right. If Damien is already around and he's like going into the role of Robin, then like this is at minimum like like forty year old Batman, right? Because like I I don't think I've ever seen a Batman story where he's like in his thirties, he's prime, but it's like oh yeah, Damien's here. <laughs> that's right. that's usually not how the timeline works. Right. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see that. See what, but yeah, you know, like there's. Like, we were literally, like, just going to talk about movies that are, like, our top two or three films that we were excited for coming 2023. But then I was like, hold up, wait a second here. So, um, so let's transition. Like, what a way to transition. Let's transition to that. And Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Like, what are your top two or three, like, like, I know, like, Kyle, you're kind of like, uh, like, I don't <laughs> like being around people. So, um, yeah. My movie going habits have changed a lot in the last couple of years. I, I used to be that guy who would go to the movie theater every week. I would see a new movie like every weekend, regardless if it's something I was really looking forward to or not. Cause I just liked the movie going experience. But lately I've been becoming more of a, Oh, that's cool. I'll see it when it comes to streaming or I don't know when it comes out on you know digital, I'll watch it. Maybe I think that's, what everyone, that's what everyone said for Shazam Fury of the gods. <laughs> especially since a lot of movies nowadays are like all right it's coming on theaters and then like three weeks later all right it's now available on streaming it's like all right sweet especially especially the marvel movies i haven't gone to see a marvel movie in a while because like a month after they come out they're already on disney plus so i'm like yeah i'll just i'll just watch it then you know let's save myself some time and money um so yeah i don't actually think i'll see too many movies in a theater except for maybe flash 
that might be like well i don't know we'll we'll see <laughs> it has to be like a big spectacle move for me to actually go to a theater um so what are your three like if you had to go see three if you had to go see three um films this summer what would those top three films be Ooh. okay so if i had to go see three uh my number one and is, what and and like why okay uh my number one is going to be the flash just because that's a big spectacle i think it's going to have some cool visuals some cool music hopefully and it's it's gonna be an event i think it's gonna be a movie people are gonna be talking about around the water cooler it's one of those things where yeah you kind of want to be in the know of what's going on and if it spawns memes you're gonna want to know what the memes are about (laughs) so that's my number one my number two is spider-man across the spider-verse really I'm a big fan of Spider-Man, and I think the first Spider- Spider-Verse movie is one of the greatest animated movies of all time. I'm, I'm not just saying that as a Spider-Man Auto fan. shutdown so, initiated. I, I legitimately so think it's two, one of the best. So far, your two films are superhero films. So you got The Flash. And like, b- before we round out your list, is there any Michael Keaton Batman reasons that you want to go see The Flash? Or is it just because um, it's a big spectacle film? Charging battery. Uh, Auto shutdown canceled. Surprisingly, no. Like, I like Michael Keaton Batman, mm-hmm. but I don't have the nostalgia for him in the role that some other people have. I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see him don the cape again after, what, 30 years? It's, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen him in other movies, and I've really enjoyed his performances. So, like, he's definitely a positive for me when it comes to the... Uh, going to see the movie um so are you gonna be are you gonna be streaming any are you gonna be streaming streaming batman or batman returns or watching any of the other dc universe movies i said i shouldn't say dc universe dc extended universe films prior to prior to going to see the flash honestly i think the only one the only movie i'm gonna rewatch before i go see it is 89 batman Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been kind of making a joke that this is batman 3 like tim burton's third batman movie kind of uh-huh <laughs> that's what the trailers make it seem like mm-hmm. uh, uh, but you know I, i'm I'm gonna rewatch uh at least the original batman and kind of refresh my memory on that but as far as like the dceu stuff um I don't know if I feel compelled to go rewatch it because I guess part of it's because the timeline's a little confused. Like, I guess this is going to take place after Joss Whedon's Justice League and not Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I don't feel like rewatching that to <laughs> to remember where we're at with everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. I don't like the timeline's all messed up and apparently we're going to fix it during this movie. So I'll just. I'll let them do their thing. So number one is the Flash. Number two is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Yeah. And you've seen and you've seen those uh, those that new trailer, right? I have. Uh, I saw a trailer. I don't know if it was the newest one, but I I have seen a trailer. Yeah. 
And then number three. Well, hold up. I guess before we jump into number three, like you were, you were kind of like going and talking about like your favorite, you know, is I guess my question to you is like, is Spider-Man across this? Uh, uh, I, I don't know if I'd say it's like it, my it, favorite anime movie, fine. but it's, I think it's, it's legitimately no, one of the best. No, is it your favorite Spider-Man movie? Ooh, um... I have a lot of nostalgia for Spider-Man 2 and the Raimi trilogy in general. So I, I'd probably say like Spider-Man 2 instead of this, but it, it's a it's a good contender. Like I think if you like Spider-Man as a character, seeing just all the references to the other Spider-Verses, comic versions, and even, even the obscure versions of Spider-Man, it's cool to see all that. But just the presentation is top-notch the, from, the, from the visuals to the music. It is it is an actual complete package. Like like it, that's interesting. Like I thought, so Spider Man two and then Spider Man. Like I guess okay. I guess my question to you is uh is could across the spider Spider Verse be your favorite Spider Man movie? Because they're supposed to like they're supposed to bring back Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire in this film, Andrew Garfield. It, there's a possibility, yeah. Um it's kind of hard for me to speculate too much on it. Cause I, I saw the one trailer and I said, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go watch that. And then I've not really been following too much else about the movie. Like I've not been following plot synopsis or anything like that. I'm just like, Oh, okay. We're doing the spider verse in again. I, and you got more Spider-Man showing up or I'm, I'm in, you got my money. Interesting. 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 Um, and if I had to now pick a, th- third movie to be the one I'd go and see. This one's a little tougher because I think everything from this point on is something I'd probably just wait to see on streaming. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick, I think I would go with Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that'd be my, my next pick. Uh, I've always enjoyed the Mission Impossible movies and to this day, it still amazes me that we have Tom Cruise being the mad lad that he is doing his own stunts. And it's just like, wow, this guy, this dude, this dude is going to become like 80 years old. One of these days, and he's still going to be jumping out of planes. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be doing a film in space next, isn't he? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised that, you know, Indiana Jones and dial of destiny isn't in your top or fast X. I almost said Fast X, but like here, here's the thing. I, I think I actually admitted this in the last podcast we did, but I've never actually seen a Fast and Furious movie, but I almost want to see this one because the idea of having Jason Momoa be this like very bombastic, like very obviously evil villain type character sounds very hilarious to me. It's like, yeah, I want to see Jason Momoa just like blow up the Vatican. <laughs> Why the hell not? <laughs> it's like well they had some early reactions on twitter last night and they said it's the worst fast and the furious movie but jason momoa is great in it <laughs> see describing it as the worst fast and furious movie just makes it sound more appealing because these movies are so dumb that that that's kind of like the whole point 
<laughs> like I remember how the like the series started of like as a racing movie, and then it became like a <laughs> yeah. heist. It became like it, a heist. Yeah, it's after. so funny the progression of these movies. The first one is all right, we're a bunch of illegal street racers, and we're going to steal DVD players, right? And right. then by the time you get to the fifth movie, they're like, all right, we're now James Bond espionage s- spy thriller movies. And then yeah, you get to the they? ninth movie and they're like, we're going to space, motherfuckers. Did they go to space in the last one? I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Fast 9 or whatever it's called has them go up to space and destroy a satellite. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I heard somebody say that. If I'm wrong, you can correct I, me, I, but I'm pretty sure we have I done Fast it. and Furious in space already. Like my like they should have ended the series when Paul Walker died. I was like, what a perfect way to kind of like end the series. They can reboot it, you know, after. But uh But Justin, there's money to be made. I don't know. Interesting. All right, so so are we are you done? Well you're I'm surprised I'm surprised Transformers Rise of the Beast isn't in that oh, either. Yeah, I, I almost said that as well. There, there's a couple of honorable mentions right outside of my top three. See, I I do enjoy Transformers in a, like, oh, yeah, this is super stupid type of way. And I particularly do, like, The Beast the Beast Wars. That was one of my favorite uh, animated shows as a kid. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't hold up so well nowadays, but I, I still have a lot of nostalgia for, for The Beast Transformers. So, like, part of me was like, I kind of want to see that. But then I remember that <laughs> I've just not really enjoyed the live-action Transformers movies hold. A whole lot and, and and the last couple have always had the last couple of the transformers have had like this really interesting gimmick but then like that gimmick gets downplayed so much that i just end up feeling disappointed so i was kind of afraid that this movie would be the same way uh, I, like i remember I in um transformers 4 uh age of extinction they're like we got the dinosaur we got the dinosaurs but then they're only in it for like three minutes <laughs> Like I remember, did we go see that movie together? Maybe. I, I remember. I just remember saying, "Give me all of that and more." Give me all that and more. Optimus is, Optimus is riding a robotic T Rex <laughs> for three <laughs> for three minutes, and then we're doing the other usual Transformers BS. I just remember the fourth one. Like, there's like something that happened, and like a dude gets disintegrated because of something that happened to the Earth. Do you remember that? Like, don't step <laughs> on the hot lava. The thing I remember most about the fourth one is when that one guy is like, "It's okay for me to be dating your underage daughter because of this obscure Texas rule." That's not in the film, is it? It's in the movie. Yeah, the Romeo and Juliet act. I don't recall that. There, there's at a whole all. five minute remember. scene of him trying to justify why it's okay for him to date an underage girl. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is this is very uncomfortable. Why is this in the movie? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I don't remember much about that movie other than Mark Walt, Marky Mark being in it, and then uh, <laughs> like because it was on Prime. It's on Prime for free. I was like, man, like I want to be entertained, but just like I don't want to be. I don't want to feel like my, I'm losing like brain power. Like, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know here what we, uh, and so I decided to watch major pain instead. I think you made the right call. <laughs> um, oh, Justin, what, what are your picks? So I'm going to start with number three. Um, and like, and it's really number two because like my, 
I can't decide between two films. Um, number three or number two. Like, I know that sounds stupid, but, I mean, it is what it is, so. Um, I would say that The Flash is number three or number two, however you want to, because I have two number ones. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, Flash, The Flash, it's up there. Like, like my thing is, like, I... Everything about this film, I'm intrigued by bringing Michael Keaton back. You know, seeing you know, seeing if it's a train wreck film. Even though I hear I hear that the Flash is amazing, um, but seeing Michael Keaton as Batman definitely has me intrigued. However, the reason it's not number one is because I'm still having PTSD from the Last Jedi. <laughs> like they took my one of my favorite characters of all time, and Luke Skywalker. And they completely deconstructed him and contorted him into someone that Luke Skywalker wasn't about. And so, like, recently I've gone on, like, a deep dive of all the times Mark Hamill has basically said he hated his character in The Last Jedi. And it's so funny to me because, like, to me, like, that is the big issue with The Last Jedi. Not that the movie's technically bad or not that the action's bad or anything. It's that where you see Luke at the beginning of the film is not where we left him, right? Like, we left him being... I mean, it had been, like, 30 years. <laughs> I understand that. And, like, there was some stuff with, you know, Kylo Ren, or what's his what's his solo name? Hank? Hank Solo? What's his name? Ben? It's Ben. <laughs> Hank Solo! <laughs> ben! Like, I don't know, like, that just is funny to me. Call Hans names his son Hank. That'd be hilarious. Um, but uh but to me, like I have such a bad taste in my mouth. So whenever any of these films come up where you're seeing like when you're seeing them rehash, you know, childhood heroes. Like you're, I'm just always like real nervous about going into them, and I'm real nervous about this because I love Michael Keaton as Batman. I just don't want to walk out of the movie hating, you know, the reason I enjoy. So I'm I'm very hesitant. Like I'm excited to see the film because I hear that Michael Keaton's amazing in it, and I hear you know the movie's really good. I heard that about The Last Jedi as well. So I'm kind of like a wait and see. Like, please don't make me hate the reason I got into Batman all these years ago. <laughs> kind of like the reason I got into Star Wars all those years ago. Like, it's hard for me to, like, disassociate myself from, you know, the the new trilogy of Star Wars movies because of, like, the things that they did. Not only that, they they remember in The Last Jedi when, like, like L- Princess Leia gets like exploded outside of the plane and she uses like the force to get back to the, the plane. Superman pose to fly back to the ship. <laughs> I'm just like, what? I hate this movie. Like, I don't know if you've tried to see that movie again recently. I've seen, it. I've seen it that was, a few times. It was like, I, I don't know how you do it, Kyle. I don't know how you do it. So that the flash, the flash, um, I mean, if it's any consolation, the way you feel about The Last Jedi is how I feel about The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I hate oh. that movie with a burning passion so much. Like, like the idea of, of Rey already being a Jedi and her she, she trained for like four days. <laughs> she, she's the strongest Jedi ever. 
I know. And then, and then, like the way that they bring back Palpatine, which doesn't make still doesn't make any sense. I still don't know how to understand how they did it. Oh, they they, you, they explained it, Justin. It, what was the explanation? Somehow, I don't, I, I don't like I, how. No, so the actual explanation is that he made a bunch of clones of himself, and then his like ghost possessed the clones. Yeah, it it it's stupid. <laughs> It's really stupid. And then, and then, uh, so that happened. And then you have, you have Han Solo coming back as a force ghost. Despite the fact he can't use the force. <laughs> right. And he's, and I remember at the beginning, I remember at the beginning of the first one, he says, I don't even believe in the force. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on? But no, see, it's like, like the, my problem here, here's the your problem. reminder, everybody, that the Force Ghost is a, an actual technique that was developed by Qui Gon Jinn and only taught to Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda. <laughs> there, there was like canonically only like four people that should know how to use that technique, <laughs> and they're all Jedi's. <laughs> it's okay. Because it made uh, my, it made a bajillion my, dollars at the box office, so now they're going to make more. And like my problem with the Le- the last Jedi is you don't get the rise of Skywalker without the the creative liberties that they took with the last Jedi. So I think they got I think they got uh, I disagree. Into I disagree. How do you get how do you get out of what they what the, how that movie got written into, like they killed everyone? The rise of Skywalker was so bad because they tried to pivot. Away from what the last Jedi set up. I think if they just followed through with what was set up, it would have been fine. No, I disagree. They're like, what? The, what did you like? It's like the scene. It's like the scene in Godfather. What did you do to my boy? When he, when Vito, have you seen Godfather? When Vito lifts up and it's like he's just bullet riddled. Yeah, I've seen it. That's that's how I feel about the last Jedi. <laughs> okay, so so in so that's my number two. And my two number one films coming out for the summer are, and like this is in like not one is not ahead of the other. There's other reasons I'm interested in. Like Mission Impossible is my is one, and then Oppenheimer is the other. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like I'm a huge history nerd, clearly. Um, and so like seeing Christopher Nolan take on and kind of like go back to like his roots of doing like I know the movie has like a hundred million dollar budget, but like kind of going back and not making like you know action sequences and he's kind of going back to his like days of memento and insomnia and the prestige. Like to me, like those are like you know, I love Batman Begins, I love the Dark Knight, and I love Inception, but kind of like he's kind of been like hit or miss. Like, I, I really enjoy Interstellar. I kind of like Tenet, even though I don't understand. You know, Dunkirk's really good. But, like, like I've been kind of wanting him to go back to his, like, roots of, like, these smaller movies with big ideas, right? You know, The Prestige, you know, Insomnia, Memento. And, like, for him to kind of, like, do, take what he's learned over the last, you know, 20 years and sh- and go back to those roots of you know taking an iconic book or taking an iconic story cuz like insomnia was you know insomnia was already a film it was a Dan- it was a dutch film i believe if i remember correctly i think so and like 
and and you know him kind of like contorting that to his own sensibilities and making insomnia which was amazing probably his most underrated film the prestige was a book and the book and the film are completely different but the film is so great so I'm really looking forward to him taking, you know, the book. Uh, it's it's I, I can't remember. It's something Prometheus, son of Prometheus. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a but it's a book about the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer in his um, charging battery in his development of, you know, nuclear weapons, you know, the atom bomb. And they're shooting the film you know, an IMAX, completely an IMAX. And it's going to be three hours long and it's going to be intense and like all that stuff. Like I'm really looking forward to it. So what, oh, why is yep, that funny? That, that is a Christopher Nolan experience right there. <laughs> like they're shooting the movie in IMAX. Like, I don't know if you saw, did you see the last trailer? Yeah, I saw it. Like the music, because Christopher Nolan uses, like he brings his composer on as they begin filming the movie and they start, you know, composing and writing music as he is, you know, directing. So the music, I'm, I'm almost certain the music that they played and the last Oppenheimer trailer is going to be used in, you know, the final score of Oppenheimer. And that music sounds amazing. Matt Damon's in it, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, Emily Blunt, Gillian Murphy, or like so many, I mean, who else is in the movie? Let me look here. Uh, you got Kenneth Branagh, Rami Malek, Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan's in the movie too. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Let me just let me just. Jillian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, Benny Safdie, Josh Hartnett, and Josh Hartnett's in the trailer too. Uh, David Crumholtz, he's in the trailer. He got huge. Matthew Modine's in the movie. Jack Quaid's in the movie. Jason, one of my favorite actors of all time. Jason Clark's in the movie. I mean, Gary Oldman is playing Harry Truman. <laughs> that right there is like enough of a reason for me to go see this movie. Oh, yeah, so it's called American Prometheus by Kai Bird and Martin J. Sherwin. There we go. That makes sense. Like, I just, you know, that he really blew, like, didn't, isn't that he, isn't it, isn't there a story that he, that he actually created an actual, like, ginormous, ex filming involved the use of real explosives to re recreate the Trinity nuclear test for... <laughs> Foregoing use of computer-generated graphics. <laughs> uh, Chris Rodon's like, yeah, we're going to build an actual bomb so that we can have the most accurate CGI ever. It's like, bro. Like, <laughs> yes. I want to see this movie. Like, it, it's, a, it's, you know, set in the 30s and the 40s. You know, like, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Like, I, I they, hope like, it's good. I really do. The cast, really the cast alone, the cast alone. There's some major star power there. Tom Conti is playing Albert Einstein. Casey Affleck's in the movie. Gary, did I say Gary Oldman? 
He's playing Harry S. Truman. I know so, that yes, guy. Terry Goldwyn, another one of my favorite actors from The Last Samurai, is in the movie. Like, the movie is going to be insane. And it's supposed to be like three hours. And Matt Damon's like, yeah, the movie's like three hours, but it feels like it's like an hour and like 45 minutes. God. Like, yes. I can't wait for this movie. Like, the poster looks amazing. The trailer looks awesome. Like, I'm here for it. Um, I'm so happy that Cillian Murphy is getting a chance to be, like, the lead for this movie, too. He's He's been such a great, like, supporting actor for so long. Scarecrow. He was, he was, he was in Inception. He was, you know, the, the shivering sh- soldier in Dunkirk. Like, that's his character's name, shivering soldier. <laughs> you know, he's in Peaky, Peaky Blinders. Like, just, uh, yes. Like, this movie, like, has Oscar buzz writ all over it. So... I can't wait to see it. Like, I have no idea if the movie is going to be good. It looks good. I have no idea if this movie makes money if it's a complete blockbuster, you know, disaster. But it looks good. Like, I can't wait. They shot the movie in IMAX. I can't wait to see it in an IMAX theater. Um, and then, and then the other film that I'm looking forward to. And like, I thought I was like, maybe it'll be Dial of Destiny. Maybe it's going to be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Maybe it's the Flash, you know. But I'm gonna have to say Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One is my number one. All right. Like that's your number one too, right? I'd say it's my number three, but it's definitely one of the ones I was uh, looking. And what your number one is? What again? Flash. Huh. So. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, the tr- the f- only trailer that we've gotten for that movie is one of my favorite trailers of all time. The music, the stakes. I mean, they're they're jumping trains off of, you know, cliffs. He's he's jumping off a cliff. Tom Cruise is jumping off a cliff, you know, with a motorcycle. I mean, it's going to be directed by Christopher McQuarrie. And I have a a running joke with one of my friends. And I said, I always say, you know, Christopher McQuarrie is doing a better Christopher Nolan than Christopher Nolan is right now. But that might change with Oppenheimer. (laughs) So, I mean, but like the last movie was so good. It it, it was, yeah. I really enjoyed the last one. The last few of them have been so good. The trailer looks amazing. Tom Cruise is the number one action hero again after Top Gun Maverick. And just like this movie, like, it's just going to be huge. I can't wait to see it. And it's a two-parter. So, like, this movie's going to end with a cliffhanger. Literally. The movie, there's like two cliff, like, two parts of the movies where he jumps off a cliff and it's going to literally end in a cliffhanger. <laughs> How are they going to do this? Like, I can't wait for this movie. Like, uh, there's a there's a famous line from behind the scenes of uh um I don't know what that is. What was that noise? Um there's a what was it? Oh, there's a in the behind the scenes, scenes of uh of uh Batman, you know, Jack Nicholson, you know, is talking about his experience at the Oscars and he's going to the bathroom and one of his actor friends is there and he and you know, they're talking about Batman and you know, Jack Nicholson says no one in the industry knows the top knows how much money is gonna Batman's gonna make, and like 
this movie is like that. Like, I, I, I can't wait to see this movie in the theaters. Like, it's literally going from Mission Impossible, which is shot in IMAX, to Oppenheimer, which is shot in IMAX. So I'm literally going to see two, two movies back-to-back that I can't wait to see in IMAX. IMAX is the way. So I can't wait. Those are my top three. So a Flash... Oppenheimer, and then uh, Mission Impossible. I can't wait to see both these films, or both these films, all three of these films. Um, but my question to y'all is, what are your movies that you can't wait to see? Is Barbie on your list? Um, Rise of the Beast? Like, all these, are these films, you know, Spider-Man Across the... Like, I would say Spider-Man Across the, the Spider-Verse is an honorable mention for me. And then maybe Elemental. So maybe also, uh, Dollar- honorable mention to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Uh, I'm interested, but Seth Rogen's involved, so I'm kind of not interested. I, I understand. So <laughs> that is a reasonable yeah. thing to say. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's that. Those are my picks for um our updated summer 2023 films that we are most excited to see. Like I said, we want to hear from you. What movies are you excited to see? Are you going to go to the movies? Are you going to wait for these films to come out on streaming? Um, yeah, like that, that's what's, that's what, that's what's next. Like what, that's what's next. So we want to hear from you uh, for episode 21 of Lords of Film. I almost said the other podcast name <laughs> um, for episode 21 awards of film. I am Justin Chandler. Make sure that you are doing all that you can to support this podcast. Make sure that you are giving a like, giving a sub to this um, on anything, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, we're out or iTunes. We're all over everything. So make sure you're doing that. Help us out. Let's, uh, you know, tweet us out, you know, share us. If you like this, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Batman Shanlin. You can find Kyle kind of on Twitter. Uh, I would just put it out, put this out here, I guess, since I, you know, I'm really bad at promoting myself. Uh, you can follow me on YouTube at Looting Kyle. That's like the only platform I use nowadays. So there we go. Um, YouTube. So are you back to streaming? Uh, not streaming at the moment, but I'm still uploading videos like once or twice a month, whenever I have time. Very good. And I'm sh- I'm assuming you're going to be playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom this weekend, too. I did just pick up my copy of Tears of the Kingdom. I have not started it as at the time of recording, but that's on my to-do list this weekend. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, make sure, make sure you're doing that. Make sure you're hitting up looting Kyle on the YouTube channel for all your looting Kyle merch. Cause you're selling merch now too, right? I do have some shirts and stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. How did I, yeah. Yeah. There you go, Kyle. There we go. Uh, what would you, what'd you say? I said, there we go. I thought you said, I thought you were going to say, oh, oh, wait, I thought you were going to tell us that you have more merch, that you had like one of those Live Strong bracelets that said, Live, that said Looting Kyle on it. <laughs> no, I don't have anything like that right now, but you know, that's that's a good idea. I'll have to keep it in mind for the future. 
So that's going to be it for episode 21 of Lords of Film. Deuces.